When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. Thanks for joining us on this edition. Look, it was a tough loss in Tiger Stadium on Saturday with Tennessee taking it to LSU. But as always, a lot of recruiting intel to go over, a lot of storylines that are continuing to develop over the course of this season, and good timing for us to go over the very first official visitor of the football season, Talsia, Talsili Akana out of Utah. Uh, Shay, look, we'll get to that in a second. We've talked about this on the podcast when we looked at the Florida State game. Recruits don't live and die like fans do about single games. It was a tough showing for LSU just from the get-go. 11 a.m. wasn't exactly what LSU had in mind by any means, but um, – you know, the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a vision to sell. There are uh, opportunities for these guys that they're recruiting to step in and contribute and, and change the direction of how this is going. So I would just say to anyone out there, and I'm sure you guys have covered it, Maddie B on the, on the reaction podcast and the mailbag, um, which I just got done listening to the mailbag. This isn't how the fans view it. The recruits are going to be fine for the most part. Yes, I, I always use the people get tired of me hearing me say it, but I always use the recruits play for high school teams that lose all the time. Like they get it. It's not the end of the world. Um, and we're going to talk about, as you said, a handful of these guys that came in. For me, this is a good segue because I think it drives home what this staff has done a good job of, Billy, which is selling all these kids not on look, Brian Kelly's here. Look, the new staff's here. We're going to save the day. They're going to win a lot of games this year. Like they got up to 21, 22 commits before the season started and they haven't lost anybody since then. So they had sold them on this year is the ground floor of the foundation. We're going to continue to build it. We want you to be a part of it. You will be an integral part of that coming in in year two as a true freshman and Jalen Brown, who everyone on the board and listening to the podcast knows he's a one of the top receivers in the country, committed to LSU out of Miami, uh, a top 100 player. Uh, and Chad Simmons caught up with him. He was at the game. It was his first time going to Tiger Stadium. He went to the FSU-LSU game in the Superdome. But he said for him, look, I, I got to hang out with my family, friends, other commits in Tiger Stadium, got to see my first game there. Was it, and he quoted, look, did it turn out as playing? No, it was still a good game because I had a good time with the environment. But he said this, he said, quote, what makes me believe in Coach Kelly is that everywhere he's been, he's been winning. And he hasn't been winning with talent like he can get at LSU. Me and my dad always said he's been winning with less. So now that he gets the talent behind his coaching philosophy, it could be dangerous. That's what they're selling these guys on is, look, we've won. That's Kelly. I've won a long time. And in this 30-something years as a head coach, my win percentage is up there with the best of them. Nick, Dabo, you name them. Guys are like Nick, especially who've been around that long, Mac Brown. He knows what he's doing. And that's why what I've told people on the LSU side, Billy, we talked about that with me and Matthew on the podcast. Like 
You don't need to freak out. The future of the program is fine. They hired a guy. Yeah, I paid him a lot of money. But because he's got a track record of winning at every level, whether it was D2, Group of Five, Power Five, Notre Dame independently, now at LSU with these resources and guys like Jalen Brown, Billy, four stars who are difference makers who say, hey, look, I want to buy in. I want to be part of that. Uh, I think they're certainly recruiting to the level of giving Brian Kelly talent that he has not had at his disposal, certainly at a lot of skill positions uh, during his time at Notre Dame. So that was good news to hear Jalen Brown leave and say, hey, look, I'm still locked in. I'm good. And to kind of build off of that, you know, when Brian Kelly took over for Charlie Weiss, they recruited very well at Notre Dame. I would say that was probably the heyday of, let's just say, modern Notre Dame recruiting um, with the guys that they were able to get into that program. That was at least when I really start got started getting into cut, you know watching recruiting um, when I was in high school and, and even late middle school uh, things like that. They this this program that Brian Kelly took over at LSU is not in the same boat, um, and so it's going to take a process to get to that floor because I I think with Brian Kelly at the helm, the floor of LSU is year by year going to be pretty safe, pretty solid um, because he knows what he's doing because he's had this long track record of winning. Um, I caught up with Jalen Brown's dad. First time we had kind of caught up in two weeks, kind of flew by, um, but chatted with him this morning. And uh, he said, look, at the end of the day, Jalen and I love LSU. The family loves LSU. And that's exactly what he told Chad Simmons. Um, and they're not taking any other visits as of now. Uh, the rest of this month, they'll be back most likely uh, for LSU Alabama. That's a good sign. That's what you want to see. And they're turning ahead towards that early signing period date. So you, you always want to cross all your T's and dot all your I's with these recruits. But all of these guys are doing the right things for the most part in terms of the commits. We haven't seen too many uh, really red flags in terms of, you know, really starting to see it trend another way with some of these guys. So um, you like to see that from Jalen Brown. But let's see, let's get to Akana here. Top 100 prospect on the on three consensus. Texas holds the on three recruiting prediction machine lead. We'll talk about that. Uh, and we talked about last week makes a lot of sense with where things stand right now. Um, you know, from a family standpoint, he's originally from Hawaii. His family th flew in from Hawaii for this one. Uh, he's got family in Utah that he's staying with as he plays uh, stateside. He's a 6'3", 200 pound ish edge rusher, maybe stand up outside linebacker type of player. We talked about last week where he would kind of fit uh, in this class if he made it in. But let's look at the visit. LSU was able to spend a lot of time with him after the Tennessee game. And, you know, that's hard to do, um, you know, with a game day a lot of the times. But also, he was the only official visitor in town. No doubt about the fact that he really got a lot of time because he was the only visitor. And with playing at 11 a.m., they had the rest of the, you know, after about 5 o'clock, you get to go eat dinner with him and his family as a staff. You see him on Sunday before they leave. Uh, I know that he was a part of a lot of, kind of film study stuff and uh, meeting one-on-one -on -one with Coach Kelly and doing all the things uh, that's sort of the red carpet treatment of, hey, we really want you. Uh, Brian Polian has led the way here. Jamar Cain's involved. And the message to Akana has been clear. I mean, I've talked to a number of people who said he would be a take for us. And even though we do have a number of D linemen, edge guys committed, he's a guy we really like. He's a consensus top 100 guy nationally, Billy. Um, I look at the visit and think <clears> – <throat> You've got a kid from Hawaii that moved to Utah, lives with his aunt and uncle, and plays his high school ball there, number one player in Utah. He's already made some other official visits. He shows up at LSU. He's got A&M still to come in November. So 
you're really after getting them to campus in June, you just wanted to be part of that official visit group and then see where it went from there as a Hawaii native. Um, I think a good thing was and probably paramount towards ever hoping to get a commitment from him was that his parents flew in from Hawaii. He came from Utah, so they spent the weekend with him. Um, and I know that LSU kind of rolled out, like I said, rolled out the red carpet, did their whole sales pitch, um, kind of gave them a good feel for how he would be using the defense. And now we'll see what, how the AM visit goes. And then ultimately he'll try to kind of sit down and talk things over. And he doesn't do many interviews, if any at all. Um, so you won't hear exactly from him, but folks around his camp are, have talked to the media. And uh, I think that it'll be positive reviews. But I think, Billy, at the end of the day, they're going to love all the visits. The big hurdle for me is that his sister goes to Texas and plays volleyball. She's a sophomore there. So Texas already got an official visit. They're in it. Does it make it easier for a family coming from Hawaii to go to Austin to see both their kids play? Like, of course it does. So uh, I think that's something to watch here, but I don't think that rules out the rest of the teams. Yeah. And, and one thing I picked up um, from some of the guys yeah, cover Texas, uh, you know, just in our industry and talking with them, chatting with them, even back in, in August and kind of getting closer to that Akana official visit to Texas was, you know, there was a lot of confidence and there was a lot of confidence that a, you know, a commitment could happen uh, on that, you know, official visit that he took to Texas. It ended up not. I think he's somebody that is certainly enjoying himself in the recruiting process right now and knows that with his options on the table, he could probably take a little bit more time, take these visits and then make the call um, to whatever program he ends up going to. I, I, I think right now it, I lean towards Texas as well. Um, but let's talk about a player that I think is really intriguing uh, in terms of his recruitment right now, especially, and we flip to the next recruiting cycle, Sterling Dixon, a four-star defensive end out of Mobile, Alabama. Um, I think the last guy out of Mobile that I remember LSU getting, um, Desmond Little, and then there was Neil, Neil, Neil Farrell came out of Neil Mobile. Farrell, well. yep, came out of Mobile. Uh, so that area. So they've gotten some D linemen, edge rush D line guy. Yep, yep. We can't forget. Um, oh gosh, of course I say we can't forget. And then we forget Neil Farrell, same class, Spain Park High School, didn't end up finishing at LSU. Um, I forget, oh. I forget his name. Um, he was another guy that they wanted a couple. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, thank you. Um, so Bama's been, you know, decent in terms of, you know, LSU winning some some battles there. Sterling Dixon has been to LSU, I believe, four times at least since the month of June uh, started. And that's not counting some visits in the spring. I believe he took two. He's taken two game visits already. He's been to Alabama. He's been to Auburn. Um, he's now set a commitment date for December 1st. And Sam Spiegelman, our national recruiting analyst, put a pick in for LSU to win this battle. Auburn had some picks in before that. This is a recruitment that I think we can agree, no matter where it goes on December 1st, it's not going to be over. Um, we confirmed that all three schools really want him. Uh, 6'3", 210-pounder who ranks in the on 300 and as a you know consensus uh, you know, top 250 overall prospect in the country. This is going to be an interesting one because he really hasn't tipped his hand. The only thing he's really showed is he's been to LSU four times uh, since June, which I think says a lot. And twice for games this season. So that speaks volumes as well. Uh, that's more than any other. He saw Bama for their opener, but he's been to, to two LSU games now, New Mexico and now Tennessee. I would 
think if he were picking right now, I think it's LSU. I'd feel confident in that. Now, you've got nearly two months until he's announcing. Um, he's certainly going to get back on Bama's campus. We'll see about Auburn. Um, but, Billy, to your point about this is a 2024 guy, yeah, he announces in December. Well, he has a whole nother year to get to the next December when he actually would be signing. And if anyone out there is saying, okay, Auburn, for instance, one of the top three schools, well, they're going to have coaching changes. Well, if they do, that gives them a whole year to recruit him with a new staff. So I would think this one is far from over, but I would say if LSU is able to nab him, it puts you in a great spot. Now everybody else has got to beat you, has to flip him, has to try to keep him home. Um, but a nice job here early on by Jamar Kane and, and not surprised. He's built up a nice 23 class. We'll see if they put more uh, names into that. But moving forward into 24, we've started to see some of these high profile targets get on campus more and more. And I kind of feel like Dixon's one of those that we see uh, almost out there as much as anybody when it comes to LSU news. Yeah. And, you know, he really fits, I think, the Brian Kelly mold. I mean, just a really well-spoken young man. Uh, Mobile Christian's a good school in, in the area. Um, and, and you mentioned Jamar Kane's efforts. This edge class for 2024 is going to be really interesting. They've got Collage, Tut, Cobbins uh, there in state at Destrahan. Uh, yep. Colin Simmons at Duncanville, they've been linked to heavily. Uh, I think that one's going to be more of a battle. If you came away with Sterling Dixon and Collage Cobbins, I think you're in a really good spot there uh, for 2024. Obviously, Colin Simmons brings kind of like a, a combo, I would say, after watching a little bit of Harold Perkins off the edge, a little bit of a combo between Harold Perkins and Marcel Brooks as far as how he is off the edge. Um, I got to see Colin Simmons in his uh, scrimmage as well as uh, a regular season game already. So really talented, fast, fast edge rusher. I think Collage and Sterling are a little bit on the bulked up side of things. But those are kind of the three really edge targets that they're really kind of centering on. And if they got Sterling on board, that'd be a really good start. Um, you know, Jamar Kane's one of the best out there for for a reason right now he's he's pretty hot on the recruiting trail so don't come don't count him out on on getting sterling dixon dixon away from a freddie roach um but you know we'll see it'll be a battle uh to pull him out of alabama no doubt and you know i think with that i think we kind of continue on this 2024 train two more prospects that were on campus this past weekend uh, you know could really be trending lsu's way we talked about one at length um you know in the past Jawan Johnson out of Lafayette Christian was back on campus, a really, really good athlete, nickel prospect that LSU's recruiting, earned his offer this summer, uh, plays quarterback for LCA, and we've talked about him a, a good bit. He really raved about his latest LSU visit. I like, I like him for so many reasons, and yes, he did. He was at the Tennessee game. Again, he didn't walk away saying, oh, I'm off of LSU now because they lost. It was – Hey, as an in-state kid, a junior in high school, I was at summer camp. It was all about working out. Um, you know, I got my offer, but this was a chance for me to come in as a high priority guy for them to really, like he said, I had one-on-one -on -one with Coach Kelly. I did all these different things. So, um, yes, I think LSU probably already had a lead, but has taken an even bigger lead. And his other early offers, Billy, are Georgia, Bama, A&M. Um, you know, the who's who of teams, SEC teams, SEC West teams that are, are ultimately going to be after big name prospects in Louisiana and surrounding states. So you mentioned he's kind of a, he's a DB, he's a corner nickel, whatever it might be. Um, thought he looked great at camp. Um, but I, as I said, I like him for a number of reasons. Great athlete, but also top five player already in the class in the state for next year. 
goes to LCA, a school that you recruit well, is one of the best teams in the state, will always have prospects. Like I said, the same thing about that was why I love the Shelton Sampson and the Zaylons Hurd and Tyree Adams. Like, yeah, they're great players, and that's that's obvious. You want that. But it doesn't hurt when they're coming from Neville, Catholic, um, St. Aug, schools that are going to be churning out D1-level players. So I uh, I like it. I like the progress they've made there. I don't know if he's got any sort of decision date. Again, he's a junior in high school, so he can take this another year plus. But um, early on, I do think he's kind of developing into a, an obvious target for them in-state, but a guy who also seems to be pretty infatuated by LSU. Yeah, I completely agree. And another guy that uh, since the summer has been linked to LSU in a big way, but has kind of taken some other visits. He's, he's he's picked up some offers. He's let his recruitment play out a little bit more. Uh, another 2024 defensive back. And mind you, LSU has Zion Ferguson and Maurice Williams already committed. Uh, one corner, one safety, uh, kind of an in-the-box safety, I think, based on you know what I've seen from Maurice Williams and, and his length, his size. Uh, but Jalen Crawford, Six foot, 170 pound defensive back out of the state of Georgia, which has been really good to LSU, plays for Parkview. He's somebody that over the summer, quite honestly, you kind of hear and talk about the words, you know, silent commit. There was a lot of buzz around Jalen Crawford. I don't know if he gave him the silent commit, but they were talking about, uh, you know, everybody seemed to talk about Jalen Crawford and the buzz around him in LSU. Lo and behold, gets back on campus for that Tennessee game. And once again, the buzz is picking up. Yep. He was, uh, he's a guy out of Georgia who's already buddies with like Michael Doherty is one of their commits out of Georgia. Uh, you mentioned Zion Ferguson. Um, Joseph Stone is another kid out of Georgia. Uh, and JoJo was there this past weekend hanging out with Michael Doherty, another Grayson High kid that's committed to LSU, uh, and then Crawford. So, uh, they got to spend a good amount of time together. Um, again, uh, we're finding out post game, like throw the score out in terms of recruiting. What was any benefit of an, of an 11 o'clock game? Well, the staff was done by about four or five with the game and they just went into an all afternoon evening recruiting kind of assault there. And uh, those guys all hung out together, did their photo shoots together. Um, another guy, what Xavier Atkins, you've seen him, uh, Billy, as part of LSU's uh, 2025 or four class um, here in Louisiana linebacker. He was on campus and hanging out with those guys. So the four, I think it's third or fourth visit uh, he and his dad have made to LSU since March. So again, for watching what they do, he sure is visiting LSU a lot. He's got the offer. He's a top 20 corner. And you said, yeah, they already have some early names there. Uh, and obviously they're going to add more. And, and we're seeing, we're talking about a couple of guys who seem to be trending LSU's way. I'd point out that I think they have to treat next year a lot like they're treating this year. And they have a ton of DBs committed right now, but they're also still recruiting and even offering more. You look at Billy, I, I posted on the board. I had it written down. I don't know where it is, but the super seniors on roster, right? Guys who have already taken advantage of red shirts and COVID year and all that. Half of them are the cornerbacks. It's like, you know, all of the transfer guys you just brought in. The only returning guys you had at corner from the team, Radarius Jones and Demarius McGee, are out all season. They're not even playing, so there's no guarantee they're going to be on the team. The only guys you signed were Terrence Welsh, Jordan Allen, um, and Jalen Davis Robinson. None of them have played at all. Like this is a multi-year rebuild in the defensive back room, maybe even more specifically corner. But I think it's going to take not like I think. I think if I'm an LSU fan, I'm, I'm hesitant to jump in and think, 
Whatever they do, this class will fix all the, the issues in the defensive backfield. And they'll have depth starting next year. I don't think that's the case. I think they're having to lean on transfers again next year. By that time, you've developed that crop you just signed uh, with Terrence Welsh and Jordan Allen and Davis Robinson. And then you're a year into bringing all these guys along that you could potentially sign. So I think it's two years back to back, 23 and 24, stack up on as many high school defensive backs as you can. Yeah, you mentioned those super seniors, uh, Seven Banks, Jarek, Bernard Converse, Colby Richardson, Todd Harris, Joe Fuchsia uh, are the ones uh, that this season. Um, is and I guess seven could take a medical red shirt if he doesn't come back. But you get the point. As you listed it off, that's almost everybody. So yeah, time to keep rebuilding. You got to got to just keep reloading that room. And corner is now a position that and talk and just kind of watching personnel departments around the country. It just seems like corners just are getting nicked up. You know, they're, they're playing a lot of snaps. Offenses are going really fast. You need that depth. You can't just roll out there, Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley, and play them all 95 snaps a game. You know, it's just not something that, that people can do anymore, and, and guys are getting, quite honestly, hurt because of it. So you need that depth. You need to build that up. It's kind of like an offensive line room. You just have to spend scholarships on it. So I like what LSU is doing and their aggressive approach doing that there. Let's, let's finish up the 2024 class. I'm going to flip the two board questions that we're going to – uh, talk about DW Tiger uh, brings up Julian saying 2024 four-star quarterback who's been to LSU going to visit Alabama on October 22nd. When we talked about this, I think two weeks ago, maybe even last week, it was LSU, potentially Georgia and Al and potentially Alabama in the mix here. We've seen Georgia pick up some crystal balls for one of their quarterback targets or excuse me on three recruiting prediction machine picks uh, for one of their quarterback targets. They're high on some other ones as well. Alabama's got a few guys they like, but now Saiyan is going to go ahead and visit Tuscaloosa, and it seems like his decision is starting to not be pushed back, but it's taking a little bit longer than maybe I think even he would have anticipated going into that LSU visit. Yeah, I think it's only being pushed back in the sense that he wanted to visit Bama, and now that visit doesn't come until the end of the month, right, October 22nd. So, He'll be at Bama for that game. This isn't a surprise. Like uh, we talked about this on the podcast, like you said, when people said, why didn't you put an RPM prediction in for saying to LSU, it looks like they lead. I do believe they lead. Um, but at the time it was, let's see what George is doing. And it seems that George is after a couple of other quarterbacks who are not working on that same decision time frame that he is, which is in the next month, let's say. Then it was, let's see if he then sets up a visit to Bama because he had visited there multiple times. But Bama's still recruiting a lot of quarterbacks. So they could be in a position that's similar to Georgia where, hey, we're not – like a lot of the guys we like are not ready to decide yet. Maybe we're still doing evaluations. So, like, of course you have them on campus. Of course you're recruiting him. Are you ready to take his commitment and end your chase for all the quarterbacks in the class? It's just in terms – that depends on how comfortable they feel with it. I know for LSU, they feel great about it. They are pushing for saying they want him to be the quarterback commitment right now. And it's evident. I mean, these are words out of Saiyan's mouth. He said, look, LSU is pushing for me very hard. I've, they've made it clear. I'm on the phone with Brian Kelly talking about things post visit. So there's a real sense of LSU's made him a priority and people who are freaking out of, well, Saban's just going to take him to keep him away from LSU. No, he's not. Uh, well, you know, if, if Bama wants him, they'll just get him. I don't think that's the truth either. I think that Bama would have to 
like saying is paid and his family and people around him have paid a lot of attention. Like when they get on these visits, there are a lot of questions asked about not just how he fits in, but the depth chart or where they're going with things, what the offensive philosophy is and what different, uh, how practices are structured, all these different things. Like he's not just rolling around looking to pick which school's hot on, you know, like Bam is hot right now. That's where I want to go. I've got an offer. Like it's not that Bama will have to recruit him almost have to roll out a red carpet type approach like they do with any other quarterback they're trying to get committed to be able to pull ahead of where LSU's at right now. So I don't have a prediction in, but if, if you were picking today, I think it'd be LSU. I don't have a prediction because he's not, and he's going to wait till right after his Bama, soon after his Bama trip to make that announcement. Is that late October? Is it early November? Um, yes. One of the two, I don't think it really matters which one. I think the dust will settle from those visits and, He'll kind of see where he feels like he's a best fit for. And I think right now, Billy, that he views that as being LSU and him wanting to continue to go see other schools. Now, Bama doesn't detract from the reality that he's very much into LSU right now. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. With the caveat that LSU's got to win this recruitment, you know, that they put in the resources, they put in the time. They made it very clear he's their their guy. If for some reason this stretches out, or even if he just goes to Alabama, I mean, that if he goes to Alabama, that's how the cookie crumbles, you know, like that's recruiting. But this is one of those where you've had the momentum, you've had the lead, gotta, gotta land him, gotta be. If he's your dude, and you know, Ricky, we kind of went through this in the spring, you know, Dante Moore hits campus, a lot of buzz around that, kind of drags on, drags on, drags on. Obviously, that one got to be messy. Same with Jaden Rashada, guys like that. I think this is, you know, a, a recruitment where you've had him on campus. He's been able to see your program in many different ways. Got to land him. Got to get him done. Um, because, look, there's a ton of time. But you, where do you kind of go from here? DJ Lagway is going to be a tough pull. You know, there, there are certainly other guys that will emerge. But I just feel like, you know, momentum – wise it would be a huge deal for LSU to get this win especially if Bama did end up uh you know really rolling out the red carpet and 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 making it known that they would like to get saying on board yeah here's what I'll say before we move on to the final question I know we don't want to drag on here forever was saying who's rated as high as the number two quarterback in the country kind of a consensus top five guy uh obviously a big time player what I like what Joe Sloan's done here um is you mentioned Dante Moore and Jaden Rashada. Like they got a bunch of big names on campus, but it was happening in the spring and into the summer, which at that point, a lot of teams are hungry for a quarterback and they're chasing the uncommitted guys. When you're at this point, which is seven or eight months before that, six months before that, people are still in the middle of trying to put together their 23 class. And they're kind of now looking ahead to 24. Like Sloan has been, and you talk to all these kids, I mean, you can get a sense of it week to week, working them week to week, watching film, moving his board up and down. And ultimately it's come to a spot where it's like, man, the guys that are getting around the most are Julian Sayan and DJ Lagway, both excellent players. Lagway is awesome. You feel like your shot with Lagway might not be as good as your shot with Sayan. And if Sayan's ready to do something now, that's even better. So I like the notion of pushing for it now, because like you said, let's say it doesn't work out. You got time. You can, what, Dylan Rayola and C.J. Carr are really kind of two of the only national quarterbacks, top 10 quarterbacks committed anywhere. I may be skipping over someone, but you got time to then pivot and keep going. But I like taking your shot right here with one of the top five guys, really two of them, Lagway and Saiyan, 
and say, hey, look, if y'all want in, get in and and then see where things go. I don't, I don't think they're far off from some good news on saying unless Alabama really buckles in, then I think it'll be a tight race. Yep, completely agreed. Um, another uh, situation in the class of 2023, a lot of people, this is probably the most talked about position, honestly, uh, in the class of 2023, I think maybe tight end, but there's just until this week, not too much uh, to really report on that front. How do you replace uh, Jaqueline Roy, right? That, that is a big question. And it, it comes from Iowa City Tiger fan. It seems like they trail for every nose tackle left is, is what he said in his question. I, I made the point on the board. I don't see Jaqueline Roy as a nose. I don't see him as a Jaheim Otis. Well, he's a three-tech probably. He, he's a three-tech. Three he's a defensive tackle. Um, and, and there just aren't many guys like a Jaheim Otis or however, you know, whatever body type. Um, I think Grady Jarrett is probably the name I'm thinking of committed to Georgia in this class. There just aren't many 6'4", 6'3", 350-pounders laying around who can actually play. And I think that's worth noting. I think, and Jamar Kane said this in the spring, honestly, when, when all the assistants were introduced, he said, I'd rather take a guy and build him up. Somebody who's athletic, as all get out. Savion Jones is a great example. Quincy Wiggins is a great example. Um, for the most part, that's kind of what he has to work with on the defensive line at LSU. And it's a lot of what he recruited this cycle. You look at Deron Reed out of Georgia. I think he's, you know, Jaqueline Roy, but you bulk him up instead of, you know, kind of trim him down like Jaqueline did uh, late in his career. Well, and again, too, they sort of have this when Mason Smith was out, was out there, it was Mason on the, you know, one side, Jaqueline in the middle, and then Ali Gay on the other side. And then they stand up BJ Ojolari. That's kind of what the looks were all early on. You lose Mason Smith and you suddenly feel like you just don't have as much, right? And I get it. He was the best player on the team. So I think a part of that is that, like, right, for one, Mason Smith will be on the team next year. So that helps you out of the gates. Two, I guess we're presuming Jaqueline goes pro for the sake of this conversation. Right now, Jacoby and Guillory gets the reps behind Jaqueline Roy. Jacoby and Guillory is about as – like that's a nose you want. He's a national powerlifting champion. He's got he's the heaviest D lineman out there, but he's still got a little bit of athleticism to him. Uh, certainly packs a punch. You hope he, as a senior, is really playing at a different level. So that buys you a. If Jacoby and Guillory is playing well, that buys you time. I don't know about behind him. Um, Bryce Langston, I've never seen him play. So jury out there. Tyje Hill still so young. Um, it's either they're going to have to be creative and kind of move guys around a good bit. But Billy, I think another thing to close out here is who's your starter right now with Mason Smith out Makai Wingo. Where'd you get him? The portal. He was all sec freshman at Missouri. He wanted to go to a higher level. LSU went after him hard. They got him. He steps in. He's probably one of, he's probably your best D lineman this year if we're not counting Ojolari as part of that group. So I think they'll be fine. You've got Guillory. You can move guys around. We'll see if Roy goes pro. And then even if Roy does go pro, that will be within a window of time for them to say, hey, we can address this, this in the portal. We can go add a, if you need a true nose tackle outside of Guillory, then go get one. Well said. I think that's really all we need to say about it. I will say that uh, one other thing, I mean, they got guys like Jordan Hall. They're trying to flip Amari Washington, you know, some national names out there to kind of round out this defensive line hall, just like they're trying to add, you know, some uh, more talent on the edge, like, you know, Akana and Nicholas Harbor and guys like that. So 
Jamar Cain's going to turn over every stone. And um, I mean, honestly, in the however many months now it's been since he's been on the job, he's uh, earned a lot of people's trust. So uh, we'll see what he digs up uh, either to close out the class or in the transfer portal. So with that, guys, we appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button on our YouTube page. Also, follow us wherever you catch your podcast at. But most importantly, take advantage of the dollar for a year deal to subscribe to the BengalTiger.com. You get access to all of On3, get access to the message boards. Uh, the boards have been popping. And look, I love all the new numbers we've got. Get a free hat. I mean, come on. Free hat. Everybody's been well behaved on the boards. So, um, look, it's been a good time. We're going to keep it rolling. Appreciate all you guys listening out there. Shady, have a good one, man. We'll catch you next week on another. All right, we'll see you. And uh, thanks to all you guys out there who are listening. So have a good one and uh, enjoy the rest of the day.